Hello, and welcome once again to the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host uh, and podcast extraordinaire, Travis Pastor, uh, coming to you tonight uh, a little confused after the first two weeks. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there are confused as well. Uh, We're going to have one of our writers slash editors, Sarah, on a little later to talk about the upcoming week uh, three action. But before uh, you know, she comes on, uh, I've had a lot of questions on Twitter, uh, a huge amount in person, uh, and text message um, about, the, you know, the guys you took in the first two, three rounds, and if they're going to, you know, bounce back from slow starts or, if, you know, we should be worried about some of these guys. So I'm thinking I'll just run through, you know, a handful of players I'll tell you if I'm worried about them, if I'm not worried about them, things of that nature, just because I've said it a bunch of times, probably a lot on this podcast. The first two weeks are are kind of fluky. Um, Last year, the Titans beat the Chiefs in week one and won one game the rest of the the next 15 weeks. So things are weird. Um, People want to try out new offenses. They want to try new schemes or try to be too inventive or too too finesse and, and not power enough or too not they and they tried too many new things is what I'm trying to say and then eventually when those things don't work they they bounce back to or they fall back into their old ruts of let's go with what worked last year and things start to uh, move along I remember last year the Packers weren't doing great after two games and Aaron Rodgers gave his whole relaxed speech um, so things should uh, be all right for you guys, but that's what I want to get into. If you want to ask me questions on Twitter uh, at the real Travioli, or you can shoot us some at so-called fantasy X, both on Twitter, we'll answer those for you. But I know you don't come here just to hear me talk. Let's get into some of the stars. Um, the first one, actually, it's probably, let's start about a whole team with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, since everybody saw the struggles they've had so far this season in, um, you know, people had high high hopes for Andrew Luck, yeah, the MVP type season. Um, people had thought Andre Johnson could have a, a rebound year or like a rejuvenation. Same for Frank Gore, um, as they both as they both came over from teams where you know their their times had ended. Andre Johnson's case with horrible quarterbacks, so people were expecting some big things um, out of all three of those guys. Now I'm worried about. The latter two, the older guys, not so much with Andrew Luck. Um, he still gets those six games against Tennessee, uh, Jacksonville, and Houston. And I know Houston has um, J.J. Watt, but they don't have a ton else. Uh, even in that Jets game, while Andre Johnson was sort of held in check, T.Y. Hilton didn't – he caught a few big big plays, but he was sort of a non-factor for a while. Um Andrew Luck was hitting Dante Moncrief and Philip Dorsett, some of the other guys. So he's been able to spread the ball around a good amount, which, um, in my opinion, I think he has had no problem doing. Um, 
he's thrown five interceptions this year, which you know you don't you don't want your star quarterback doing. But he's throwing the ball a lot, which for our fantasy purposes is great. It's just his receivers they haven't gelled. Um, Hilton got hurt a little bit last week, and I know he was sort of questionable coming into week two. Or he got T.Y. Hilton got hurt in week one and was questionable coming into week two. So maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, but I'm not too worried about Andrew Luck. I'm sure not too many of you else out there are worried about Andrew Luck. But he's played two great defenses uh, with a great pass rush. And if there is a flaw with that Indianapolis Colts offense, I'd say it's probably their offensive line as they've they've had a rotating cast of characters in there throughout Luck's time. Um, so if he gets some time to throw, and against weaker teams, like I said, like the Tennessees, the Jacksonvilles uh, of the world, he, he, he should be putting up the 300-yard, three-touchdown games of last year. That made people think he could win the MVP this year. So uh, if he doesn't get battered around too much, he's going to he's gonna be a top-two guy. Um, the quarterback position is not looking great right now. Uh, Aaron Rodgers keeps losing weapons every day, but he's still fine. Um, apparently, James Jones is a superstar when he's in Green Bay. Uh, Tony Romo's hurt. Ben Roethlisberger looks great. Peyton Manning, there's questions marks about. So it's it's a fluky. It's not a fluky. It's a strange uh, start for the quarterbacks. So I think I have no fear. Andrew Luck is going to be top two, top three when it's all said and done. Now, on the other hand, his two offensive mates, Andre Johnson and Frank Gore, I am more concerned about. Uh, Andre Johnson looks pretty large. Uh, I don't know if he put on, you know, a ton of muscle, but he looks a little more like a tight end than a um, wide receiver at this point. He's getting a ton of targets. Uh, He has 17 targets through two games, which is, you know, a lot of targets. Um, T.Y. in for comparison, T.Y. Hilton only has 21. So the ball's going his way, but he's only got seven catches for 51 yards. Um, throughout his career in Houston, he never was a huge touchdown producer. He was not Randy Moss out there, you know, 15, 18 touchdowns. But he was always catching a lot of balls and gaining a lot of yards. And he's he's getting up there in age, which makes me think maybe he's lost a step. I mean, he's definitely lost a step from his early peak, but two years ago, he had a nice little renaissance, um, putting up big numbers, uh, like to the tune of, let's get this for you right now so you know exactly what I'm talking about. He put up 1,400 yards in 2013 and almost 1,600 yards in 2012. I think that was with Schaub, when Matt Schaub was an NFL caliber quarterback, but since 2010, the most court touchdowns he's caught is five. So I don't think he's going to get a ton of touchdowns this year. As that's not really his – he isn't the physical specimen in the end zone that he once was. But uh, I think the catches will come. The ball is going his way as long as he can bring some of those in. In PPR leagues, he should be fine. Uh, no, without a PPR – if you're in a non-PPR league, you might have to worry a little more. But um, I think he'll be uh, – you know, top 45, top 50 guy, but I don't think he's going to have that huge rebound season where he gets the 1,400 yards and 11 touchdowns, like some people thought. Um, and same goes for Frank Gore. 
in that Jets game, he looked a little lost. He didn't really look like he uh, you know, was fitting in as well as it had been hoped. Um, then again, they have been losing a lot through the first two games, so he's not getting a ton of carries, only 23 through two games. So, you know, there, there are some backups in the league who have that many. He did have a fumble on the one-yard line against the Jets, which looked like a clear touchdown if he didn't bobble it, and the ball wasn't knocked out. He just dropped it. And he's usually pretty sure-handed. Uh, it may be just coming to a new situation and uh, failing to adjust, or Luck likes to throw the ball a lot. Maybe Gore is just not getting into a rhythm. But right now it doesn't seem to be clicking. Um, I have more faith in him, I'd say, right now than Andre Johnson because the Colts have some other options at receiver. They don't have a ton behind uh, Frank Gore at running back. So if we're ranking who I'm le- from most worried to least worried, it'd go Andre Johnson, Frank Gore, and then Andrew Luck at the bottom. Um, a couple other guys who've had some weird seasons so far. Uh, Lamar Miller has looked absolutely terrible. Uh, and I don't I'm not so sure that's him playing bad. His offensive line has been a lot of problems with. Uh, Ryan Tannehill hasn't developed into the, you know, the quarterback. I think a lot of people were expecting him to this season. I mean, he's a good player all around, but I think people were expecting him, at least I was, to make a sort of a jump, become a semi-elite guy who can meet a team down the field just on his arm alone. They don't make big throws into tight windows, but that hasn't happened so far in two games. And if you're not worried about the quarterback, um, you're probably not. You're probably going to stack the box. I'm sorry, and that doesn't bode well for Lamar Miller. He's only got seven uh, targets, six of which have turned into receptions. So that's a positive sign that when the ball's going his way, he's catching it. He also has 23 uh, carries, but only 67 yards. So he has an even less number than Frank Gore's 88. That whole Miami offense um, worries me, except for maybe Jarvis Landry, because a lot of his value was just coming through receptions, not through big yards or touchdowns. So people probably drafted Lamar Miller expecting 10 touchdowns, 60 catches, 1,200 yards. With the struggles that Miami team has had, I'm a little worried. Um so I'd, I'd put his worry out of three, uh, three out of five, six out of ten, whatever scale you want. The other top running back who I've been very, very confused by is C.J. Anderson, um, who a lot of people had, you know, in that second tier running backs after Charles Lacey, Bell, and Adrian Peterson, and he just hasn't really done much Um 24 carries, 56 yards. I know Denver plus played two pretty good teams, um, which might explain it by his uh, he's struggling. Excuse me. Uh, Baltimore's got a great front seven. So does uh, Kansas City. 12 attempts in both games, 27 yards against Kansas City, 29 against uh, Baltimore, which is very strange because he was a great earner last year for people who were able to pick him up. He is apparently dealing with ankle and toe issues, which 
you know, you never want to hear someone's just dealing with an injury. Uh, from my experience, those tend to have turned out, turn out to be worse than when somebody when it lingers and when they you know take a few day, few games off. I saw with Andre Ellington last season, he kept trying to fight through things, and he just went through a whole injury plague year. Do I think he can bounce back? One hundred percent. I think a lot of this also, like in in Miami, Anderson's quarterback Peyton Manning hasn't been the prolific passer that I'm sure his team expected him to be so far. So the boxes are probably a little more stacked. The people are a little less concerned. I know it's a weird thing to say, but a little less concerned with Peyton Manning beating them over the top or beating them in some tough windows. Uh, So the running backs, some of those second-tier running backs have have, have been really strange. I mean, Jeremy Hill also... Came out week one, huge game um, for the tune of. No, I guess it wasn't that huge of a game in week one. He had 19 carries for 63 yards, so that's pretty good. Um, But he did score two touchdowns. So you're getting points from there. Oakland, who beat the Ravens last week, seemed to be a better team than people expected, so maybe that's something you can explain away. But last week he put the ball on the ground twice and lost both of them, which opened the door back for Gio Bernard, everybody's darling, last season. So if I'm a Jeremy Hill owner, I'm a little concerned by that, but I think they're still going to give him a lot of the ball. They haven't really um, you know, tried to put too much on Andy Dalton's plate, as uh, we've seen what happens sometimes when you let... Andy Dalton throw the ball too much. You get those four interception games where his quarterback rating is nine or something ridiculous like that. So I still think they're going to lean on the running game heavy. I believe Jeremy Hill is going to be involved a lot. Uh, you know, anybody can have one bad game, fumble twice. Uh, it's not the end of the world. Gio Bernard rushing for 100 yards last week is more of a worry to me than. Jeremy Hill's lack of production, just because now he may be losing touch or may, maybe losing carries, which is not something you want from your uh, guy. A lot of people took in the second round, so we shall see what goes on with him. Um, one of the weirder storylines also has been with Calvin Johnson of the uh, Detroit Lions. As he came into the season, obviously he had a banged up year last year. People weren't sure if he was done, if he wasn't done. Uh, week week one, four targets, two receptions, 39 yards. So a lot of people were worried about that. I think he comes back week two, 17 targets, 10 receptions, only 83 yards, which I'd like to see him bump up. But uh, Minnesota's getting a lot of pressure in on Matt, uh, Matt Stafford, so maybe quick throws and one touchdown. Great week for him. If he keeps getting 17 targets, I think we're going to get back to the 200-yard the Calvin Johnson days we all miss so much and remember fondly. But, uh, yeah, so that's about it for my hot takes. Uh, I believe we've got Sarah on the line. Sarah, have you uh, you made it? I made it. Ah, great. It's been a long time. I've been trying to get you, uh, I think, on the podcast once or twice before. We couldn't hook up. But I'm glad uh, you have arrived. Why don't you, before we get into all our uh, analysis, just – Shout out, you know, your Twitter, where they can find you, all that stuff in case any of our listeners would like to ask you questions as well. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I'm at Twitter at Sarah with an H, S-A-R-A-H underscore Lewis, L-E-W-I-S 32, Sarah underscore Lewis 32. Um, and I answer all all of your burning questions on Twitter, start, sit, trade, not trade, waiver, all the fun stuff. Um, I You can find my writing on athlonsports.com, and I also edit and write for so-called fantasy experts. See, our rotate. We just had such a large rotating cast of characters, listeners. I have somebody new for you every week. Um, but Sarah, I don't know how much you caught of my little my little rant there before, and with some of these first second round picks sort of underperforming through the first two weeks. Um, is there anybody you could think off the top of your head that you're just sort of really worried about after their first two week performance? Um, some of my entire fantasy teams, actually. <laughs> I feel like that happens <laughs> to a lot of people so far. It's one of those things where you draft a team, and after the draft, you're like, all right, I love this team. I've got you know some solid players, you know some some rookies that are going to break through for me. This, this team is going to be great. And then you're looking at week three, and you're zero and two, and you're like, what what's going on with my team? <laughs> I mean, I have a team that literally I've, I've got Brandon Coleman, I've got C.J. Anderson, I've got Frank Gore. Uh, I've got you know, Andre Johnson, Eddie Royal, Greg Olson, like all these people that I thought really were going to be good, and I'm 0-2. Yeah, I can. I've, I really thought Andre Johnson was going to have um, a much nicer year than he's having so far. He's, they're throwing him the ball all the time, but he just can't catch it, which is really, really troublesome for me. Um, but yeah, that Colts the Colts team is weird. And then the whole I think you said you had Brandon Cooks, Brandon Coleman. Right? Brandon Coleman. Okay. Well I was gonna say the Saints are we a whole nother thing. I have Drew Brees as my quarterback on a bunch of teams and I do not know what's going on there. Now he's even hurt, so my teams are going down the uh the tube quickly. Um any of your guys really overperforming that you're you you wanna you're proud to say? On teams that aren't zero and two, you mean? <laughs> on any any team you got, any you could pick. You know, if you if you picked, I have no idea, Travis Kelsey or something like in one sixth round somewhere because you knew he was going to catch two touchdowns in week one or something like that. If you knew that, shout it out because uh, I don't have a lot of good stories to tell. Uh, of course, I knew that. Obviously, um, I, I got Chris Ivory late actually in a couple leagues and have been pretty proud of of that call so far. You know. Week two was a little off because of the, the injury, but week one kind of made me look pretty good. Okay. Um, you know, not not a terrible call. DeAndre Hopkins look, has been good for me for, for a couple weeks. Now he may not play in week three, so you can add him to my, my injured all-injured team. But yeah, uh, in one league, I, actually, I picked up James Jones right before week one, like as soon as Green Bay added him. It's a deep league. I think it's a 16-team league where you start two of every position, including flex. So two quarterbacks, two two wide receivers, two running backs, two tight ends, two flex, two defenses, two kickers, which is – it's got strange scoring and everything else. But because it's so big and so deep, I just grabbed James Jones as soon as he was there and started him and looked like a genius for that. Yes, yes, you did. Uh, I'm a Giants fan, and they do not look like a genius – for cutting <laughs> but uh, you're in a 16-team league where you play two of everything. I'm in an 18-team league where you play two of everything, and you're the only other person who I've ever heard uh, play in a league like that. So I, I'm glad we can bond over how difficult it is to find, you know, when you have to play Jacksonville's defense as your second defense. Uh, yep. 
It gets frustrating. Um, but, yeah, it's I, the first two weeks are always pretty strange, in my opinion. Some teams don't understand, like, what works for them yet. Some are just fluking into wins. I don't know. Like, is Oakland going to put up 37 points every week? Probably not. But I don't know. Amari Cooper looks really good, so that's a fun storyline. Um, but, so, going over week two, are there any teams that, you know, um, how do I, I guess that are sort of surprising you in their level of fantasy production, like, for, say, Oakland, um, not to just go back to what I said, but... Like Derek Carr seems to be like a mid mid tier quarterback, and Amari Cooper looks like a, a really solid number two. Um, and you have Miami, who looks pretty terrible. Any anything really standing out to you? Where uh, a lot of people jumped on some bandwagon, and that bandwagon may now be on fire. Miami for sure. Um, I think the Colts actually are kind of interesting. Where it seems like they can't get any of their offense together. And I think I mean we talked about Andrew Johnson before, but you know you think that they're going to have this great high-powered offense. Andrew Luck's going to be slinging it. You know, everybody's going to get their share, and, and they're not. And, you know, that that definitely kind of surprised me. Uh, you know, after week one, since the Bills, we thought it was the Bills' defense that was really amazing. And, you know, the Colts are good, but the Bills' defense is even better. And then in week two, we saw Pats put up 40 points on that Bills' defense, and the Colts blew the Monday Night Football to the Jets. So now it's, you know, maybe the Bills' defense is okay, but, you know, not amazing because obviously the Patriots' offense is on fire. Yeah. But the Colts the Colts as a whole kind of worry me. Yeah, the Colts are pretty are pretty weird. Um, I think Andrew Luck will probably turn out okay, but I'm, I'm worried about the rest of the guys. Uh, the team that confuses me more than any is, I'm sure it confuses a lot of people, is just the Philadelphia Eagles. Um and why they can't do anything, it seems, at all, to move the ball. Uh, I think what did DeMarco Murray had minus 9 or minus 12 rushing yards last week. Um, I really thought coming into the season they were going to be able to open up running lanes for him. Um, Jordan Matthews is a guy I liked a lot because the you know, passes had to go somewhere, and I don't think Riley Cooper is, is going to be the uh, – destination for them, but he's having some drops. Like against the Dallas defense, it's not that great. They looked pretty terrible. Um are you are you jumping off the Eagles? If you're on the Eagles ship right now, are you jumping off or are you gonna sort of wait it out a little bit? I think I'm gonna wait it out just a little bit longer. I mean I, I kinda have to trust in Chip Kelly and you know, he's dealing with a, a lot of new people here, you know Sam Bradford's new, DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, you know, all these are new guys to try to, to run his offense. So I'm going to wait a little bit longer, although the DeMarco Murray news today worries me a little bit. I'm actually not a DeMarco Murray owner in any league at all, but if I was, I would be very worried. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's going to be one of those years for me where just every every single person I own gets hurt. I have a lot of Tony Romo and Dev Bryant, so it's been a bad two weeks. Um, I did like DeMarco Murray more than LaShawn McCoy, and that seems to be right, at least so far. Well, I don't know if that's right. DeShawn, or DeMarco was at least average in game one, but he was terrible last week. Um, any thoughts on LaShawn McCoy? Where would you, you know, if you're, are you going to try to trade for him? Do you have any hope in him, you know, becoming the guy he was in Philadelphia, or is he just sort of one of those mid-10, 15 running backs? I think he's one of the middle middle of the road running backs. Um, I actually don't 
own him. I'm, I'm in 14 leagues, which is Jesus Christ, many. Sarah. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't even keep track of them. It is way too many. But out of all those leagues, I don't own either DeMarco Murray or LaShawn McCoy in any of them. I was worried about both repeating success. And I know McCoy didn't really have a lot of success last year, but everything, like being on the bill saying they're going to run first, you know, he's going to be the great back, it was just too much hype, and I couldn't buy into it. And and then he was kind of banged up, and I just stayed away, you know, even some late drafts getting very close to the beginning of the season. And if I had to pick one right now to be on my team, I'd rather have McCoy than Murray. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. McCoy at least seems to have more of a, uh, I don't want to say natural ability because they both play in the NFL, but McCoy seems to be able to do it without a hugely talented offensive line. Um, so I can understand that. If you weren't going after these two guys in your drafts, who were, what running backs do you tend to have a lot of stock in, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, C.J. Anderson, which you know doesn't make me look very good right now. Hopefully yeah, that will get better. Well, that's, what's going on there? Because I don't understand. I've got a Demarius Thomas. Has been my guy for like three seasons, and I was I'm content to ride with him. And that Denver offense is kind of weird. What uh, do you think? It's just because Manning's looked like uh, averagely human for the first two weeks, so they're they're packing the box. Maybe. I mean, obviously the focus of Denver was to to run more and kind of give Peyton a little bit of a break because he is getting older. I mean, you can tell, and yeah. maybe defenses are just getting you know, stingy and, and making him throw it, and that's kind of been the problem. I don't know if C.J. Anderson's been hurt. I mean, I know he had the toe issue. I don't know if it's more than that, and he's just not, you know, owning up to it or, or just sitting out when he should heal. I don't know if he's just not that good anymore. I mean, he's only 24, so it's not really an anymore. This is third <laughs> yeah. season. But I don't know. I mean, as a C.J. Anderson owner, I am very concerned. Okay, I could see that. Um, I think it might take a little while for Manning to round into form like that first year in Denver. I think they were 2-2 two and two going into week five. Um, then he sort of got on track, so maybe a couple more weeks for Denver. Uh, the guy I took a lot of in my draft was Jeremy Hill in Cincinnati, and he had a horrible week, too. And then Gio Bernard came in, filled in for him and rushed for 106 yards on 20 carries, I believe. Um, do you think that's going to be a problem for us, Jeremy Hill owners, or do you think Gio Bernard sort of falls back into the third down back, change of pace guy, and they give the 20 carries to my my guy Jeremy here? I think it's positive that they're saying that he's he, they're behind him. He's still the starter. He's still going to get all the carries, you know, as, as much as he can, get his opportunities. Um, you know, yeah, he had some fumbling issues, but he'll be fine. He'll he'll be our guy. I don't think his leash, as they say, is as long as it's kind of coming out to be. I mean, he, you know, got the two touchdowns in week one, saving his fantasy day for everybody, but really hasn't looked that great. Uh, I'm interested to see how this week goes for him. Yeah. Because I, I think he only had forty something. Like he, I don't know if he broke sixty yards in week one, but he did score those two touchdowns, which, you know, which got a lot of people happy, obviously, because that's a lot of points. 
But last year he was averaging like over five yards a carry. Uh, he had sixty. Okay, he had sixty-three yards in week one. But he averaged three point three yards. Um, so I, I'm a little worried about Jeremy Hill's production because last year he was sort of he came in at first as like a change of pace from Gio Bernard when Gio was struggling and he was burning off big chunks of yards. And then he sort of got more of the carries and was still burning off the yards. Um, I don't know, maybe, if, again, this might just be teams think A.J., A, not A.J. Green, um, Andy Dalton, they don't really respect him, and they're just throwing everybody at Jeremy Hill. I don't know. He just hasn't been as dominant as I really I really was wanting him to. Um, yeah, all right, so that's, that's all i got to say about Jeremy Hill. But before we let you go, um, quarterbacks, after Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of a, a murky field. I guess after Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger, eh, Okay, after Aaron Rodgers, who are you putting as the number two quarterback right now, or are you putting somebody ahead of him? I think Brady's arguably uh, up there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, I think it's probably only these two. It's like, oh, well, I forgot about Brady. Because um, that offense looks amazing, especially in the yeah. PPR league. If you have, I was going to almost say Wes Welker, uh, Julian Edelman. <laughs> Julian Edelman. Like, you're probably really happy about that. Um, would you say he's probably he's the number two guy? Would you even put him at number one? Like, would you own him over – if you could have your choice between him and Rodgers, would you take Brady right now? I think I would take Brady right now. He's yeah, just – he's been on fire. It's He's been amazing. I know. They just throw those six-yard slants, and nobody can stop it, and they just march down the field, and they throw a touchdown to Gronkowski. Uh, it seems pretty pretty unstoppable. All right, so now that we've established top two, um, give me three. Give me your third guy because I, I think a lot of people are confused about like where where some of these guys are, especially with Breeze suffering a, his sort of bruised shoulder or rotator cuff. Romo's out. Um, a lot of guys just haven't looked good. Peyton Manning's looked bad at times. Who Who's your third? Probably Big Ben. Probably Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't hurt to have uh, Antonio Brown to throw to. Of all, we went through a lot of guys who have been struggling in the first round. Antonio Brown, not one of them. Um, <laughs> Eighteen catches, three hundred twenty-eight yards, and two touchdowns. So, uh, I'm, I think he's clearly a great choice. Yeah, he has what like fifty more yards than the next closest receiver right now. So, all you people who took Antonio Brown, you're very smart. Um, all right, let's wrap this up, Sarah. I appreciate you making a little bit of time for us to come on. We'll have to get you back in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, absolutely. See what, see if all these guys we just talked about turn it around, or if they still suck and all our teams suck because of that. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's the first one, and we're not zero and seven by then. Because that'll just make the season. Well, you have fourteen teams, so you'll be fine. I only have five, so if <laughs> two of them are zero and two, I'm going to be pretty. That that forty percent of my teams will suck. So hopefully we can avoid that. Um, but yeah, thank you again for listening, everybody. I am Travis. This is, uh, Sarah. We are the so-called fantasy experts, fantasy football podcast. I know the name's mouthful, but check us out. Uh, we're on iTunes. You can find us all over the place. Um, and yeah, same time next week. And we'll talk more football, maybe a little more daily stuff and some waiver wire ads because after three weeks, you got to start thinking when to drop some of these hurt guys. Uh, for everybody here, thank you again. Catch you next week.